From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on and polish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Believe it or not, there are times when there are some real gems on social media. Like this one reposted by a friend of mine. And it really puts things in perspective. My friend Russ posted this from someone named Michael. Don't even know this guy. But it's important to keep everything in perspective. I think there's a lot of disappointment out there. When looking at the landscape and seeing, especially with the hype in some areas before the election, indicating there was going to be a big red wave. Now, to clarify, I told you I was cautiously optimistic and warning about overconfidence. I told you I thought the best thing to do would be to pray for overwhelming success so it's not even close. Unfortunately, we didn't get that, did we? But we do have this post, which I want to share. And I don't agree with everything on this list. I would actually embrace 99.999% on the list. <laughs> I think you will know which item I don't embrace. But I want you to get the idea. Here it is. Trump is running. Florida completely red. Elon took over Twitter. Majority in the Supreme Court. Control of the House. Roe versus Wade overturned. Republicans win popular vote. Nancy Pelosi fired. Parents fighting back. And he ends by saying, cheer up. We're winning. Can't rid of this can't get rid of this rot overnight. Is this a good perspective? To put things in perspective rather than focus on what did not happen on election night and beyond. It's wise to step back and look at the big picture. There are some real things to celebrate here. Real things to be encouraged by. I hope you agree. It is now official as of yesterday. After our program yesterday, it became official. Republicans won control of the House. Returning the party to power in Washington, giving conservatives leverage to blunt President Joe Biden's agenda. And spur a flurry of investigations. We'll see how many of those get started. But a threadbare majority will pose immediate challenges for GOP leaders and complicate the party's ability to govern. More than a week after Election Day, Republicans secured the 218th seat needed to flip the House from Democratic control. The full scope of the party's majority may not be clear for several more days or even weeks as votes in competitive races are still being counted. If I might add, parenthetically here, this needs to be one of the biggest priorities, at least in states where you have 
Republicans in charge of the legislatures and certainly of governorships, this is the first issue that should be tackled. These elections that are going on for days and days and days. Frankly, this is inexcusable. From everything I've heard, the best solution to this is the Florida model. Florida used to be a laughing stock. But what they have done now, they now have a setup which is, I think, among the best. This AP story goes on to say how Republicans are on track to cobble together what could be the party's narrowest majority of the 21st century, rivaling 2001. That's when Republicans had just a nine-seat majority. It was 221 to 12, two independents, far short of the sweeping victory the GOP predicted going into this year's midterms. When the party hoped to reset the agenda on Capitol Hill by capitalizing on economic challenges and Biden's lagging popularity. Instead, Democrats showed surprising resilience, holding on to moderate suburban districts from Virginia to Minnesota and Kansas. The results could complicate House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy's plans to become Speaker. Some conservative members have questioned whether to back him or have imposed conditions for their support. We will tell you an update on that story. Kevin McCarthy has won. The contest that took place yesterday, the actual vote comes up in January, and that's going to be the bigger test for him. He has to deliver the votes necessary with this very thin margin. McCarthy celebrated his party having officially flipped the House on Twitter on Wednesday night, writing, Americans are ready for a new direction. House Republicans are ready to deliver. We'll see about that. Current House Speaker Nancy Pelosi released a statement Wednesday night saying in the next Congress, House Democrats will continue to play a leading role in supporting President Biden's agenda with strong leverage over a scant Republican majority. You know, she's not going to be excited at all turning that gavel over. And we should also tell you, she is supposed to speak to the media today about her plans. So we will see. What is in store for Ms. Pelosi? Biden, for his part, congratulated McCarthy, saying he's ready to work with House Republicans to deliver results for working families. Saying last week's elections demonstrated the strength and resilience of American democracy. There was a strong rejection of election deniers, political violence, and intimidation. There was an emphatic statement that in America, the will of the American people prevails. Isn't that wonderful? He added, the future is too promising to be trapped in political warfare as he plots political warfare. (laughs) You know it as well as I do. Come on, people. This is not going to be a surprise at all. Over on the text line, Vince, Republican Party should be truly ashamed of even picking Ricky, Bobby Walker for Senate. Between Trump and Ricky, I'm done. (laughs) We can't have a president with mental deficiency. But we can as a senator. Okay. McConnell, McCarthy, whatever, makes no difference. 
commitments with rhinos like McCarthy and McConnell leading the party, nothing will get done, of course. Let the lame duck session begin. They have a couple of months. Progressives expect something vicious. On the contrary, we did have a big red wave here in South Carolina. So why isn't Governor McMaster being touted as a viable presidential candidate? (laughs) Yeah, right. I guess he doesn't meet the media narrative. Really? Do you really think? Can you imagine Foghorn Leghorn for president? Oh, did I just say that? I'm sorry. Vince, I suspect you agree with everything but Trump running for president. I agree. Biden was elected due to Trump fatigue. Trump on the scene will hurt a Republican resurgence, in my opinion. Just a sampling of some of the items over on the text line. Still to come in the broadcast, we're going to talk local, of local governments gone bad. I read this story, and I thought my eyes were going to come out of my head. We'll talk about it as we continue. Stay with us. If you'd like to join the conversation, it's very easy. The Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. And on that text line, we have this. Just curious, Vince, which one on the list did you not like? <laughs> we also have this in the upstate. No, 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 not McMaster. <laughs> so your texture is against Walker's mental state. But how do you feel about Fetterman? Or the dead guy Pennsylvania elected? Hooray, Trump says he will order all states to go back to paper ballots. What an idiot, this texter says. Vince, I do not think McMaster would be a good option as president. He's a little too wishy-washy on stuff. Speaking of a red wave, there was actually one here in North Carolina, the state level. We should have had one at the federal level, but our Supreme Courts allowed things to be gerrymandered heavily in favor for Democrats. Fortunately, we flipped the Supreme Courts, and we'll be able to redo the districts next year. That is from Jeff, speaking about some good news. Vince, leave it to an idiot Democrat to draw a comparison between a senator who had some concussions 20 years ago and the current president of the United Freakin' States having Alzheimer's shaking my head. I voted for McMaster to keep South Carolina in Republican hands. I can't stand the man. McCarthy and McConnell are totally compromised and totally useless. Might as well be donkeys in fat suits. Total swamp creatures. Boy, you guys are cruel. The only thing McMaster is good for is keeping control of the chicken hawks. Okay. I want Trump to run again, mainly because I love how angry Democrats and the media will be. And I love to see a liberal cry. Well, let me just tell you, liberals won't be the only ones crying. I'm just saying. I think there are going to be a whole lot of tears if... This guy ends up winning the nomination. Just saying. I want you to bear with me as I speak of... Ah, this is a story sent to me. And I, I'm, I'm reading this and it just blows my mind. 
It's an example of local government gone amok. It really is. I think, uh, as a preamble to everything else I say about this story, this is a story in the Iredale Free News. There should be a process to make everything as simple as possible. Simple and uncomplicated as possible. Now, after I say that to you, you'll understand why I'm saying this. The Iredell Free News, and this is a story about Iredell County. For those of you not familiar, especially in the upstate of South Carolina, we're talking about a county north of Mecklenburg. And this story just... I'm serious. It's one of those stories that will make your head explode. The fate of Josh's farmer's market remains unresolved after Marathon Board of Adjustment hearing. Now, this first line tells me everything I need to know about this particular story. It really does. And I know there are some people who would look at this and say, okay, you're an outsider. You don't know the business of what's going on. And you know what? I'm just telling you. A good part of the time, when you have things that drag on this much time, who has this amount of time to waste? Three and a half hours, Tuesday afternoon, a hearing on the owner of Josh's Farmer's Market. His appeal to operate as a seasonal farmer's market and on the town of Mooresville's imposition of fines on landowner YMCA of Greater Charlotte for the market's operation was continued to December by the Mooresville Board of Adjustment. So let me get this straight. So this goes on for three and a half hours, and it's still not resolved. This is crazy. After an initial motion to continue the hearing by lawyers for Josh Graham was denied by Board of Adjustment Chairman James Rupp, Jr., the town of Mooresville's lawyers presented their opening statement, began making their case to the board, stating the sole issue was whether Josh's farmer's market was in violation of the town's new unified code of ordinance approved in February and whether the town staff had applied the UDO properly. Town attorney Sean Crawford said the business never had a farmer's market permit, but was designated as an outdoor seasonal sales entity under the new UDO. In the town's view, Josh's Farmer's Market committed 15 UDO violations after its permit expired. Crawford added, any questioning of the UDO definition of farmer's market was a distraction. Crawford said the law must apply equitably and fairly to all Mooresville businesses, large and small, and cannot be bent for favorable treatment or as part of a popularity contest. Crawford acknowledged Josh's farmer's market was beloved in the community for, are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen, three decades. And had a great deal of community sentiment and emotion on its side, but she added, The town had worked for two years on the process of helping Graham as he searched for a permanent location after being forced from the market's longtime Williamson Road site. The town issued a one-year permit, as it had for years, for the market's temporary YMCA location in 2021, another 120-day permit for outdoor seasonal sales on March 31st. It expired July 31st. 
Town officials told Graham he could not get another operating permit, and the market was forced to close October 31st. (laughs) Graham has purchased land for a new market location, the corner of Williamson and Sundown. That effort has been delayed due to COVID restrictions, a seven-month traffic impact analysis, and slow NCDOT easement and entrance approvals for the past two years. My gosh. Do you, do you see why people don't want to bother with government? This, this is nauseating. It really is. Town planner Danny Wilson testified he interpreted the new UDO to classify Josh's as a retail business that resold purchased products and not a farmer's market, which he said was defined as individual vendors selling their wares at stalls. This change to retail classification would require Josh's farmer's market to operate in a building instead of a seasonal open market as it has operated for decades. Why? I mean, this is my question. Why? Why are we nitpicking over stuff like this? Who has freaking time to do this? This is, this is an example of people who have too much time on their hands. I'm serious. I don't know what you folks in this area are going to do. We'll tell you more about this story coming up. But this is just pure freaking nonsense. Nonsense. Please make it stop. Stay with us. So I'm very curious. You know, I really can't go into more of this story because the story goes on. There's more. Just about the definition of what type of business and the penalties and the citations. This is just pure nonsense. It's BS, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Am I concerned about zoning and these kinds of things? Absolutely. But it blows my mind. Here you have something that's been in operation for decades. And this goes into... Three hours plus of meetings, and it's still not done? I don't get it. Now, if you're one of the officials involved in this, and you want to call and make your case, come on and make it. I'll give you the airtime. If you're on the other side, I'd love to hear from you as well. Folks, we have got to get back to common sense and simplicity. And if we're going to burden people down with pages and pages of documents and ordinances and regulations, you have to ask yourself the question, would I want somebody to do that to me? What kind of sense does this make? Our lives are too freaking complicated as it is. Heck, even, even Jesus has made it a point in the New Covenant to simplify, streamline. We don't have a multitude of ordinances. And if he can make it simple over our lives and eternity, surely you can make it a lot easier over businesses, business operations, zoning, whatever it is. 
doesn't have to be that complicated. Any case, over on the text line. Vince, don't you think Mr. Trump should deserve a second chance? I mean, that is a godly attribute. Forgiveness. What does this have to do with forgiveness? Because if it is about forgiveness, it begins with repentance. Which, last I heard, Trump has not done. He's not apologized or repented for anything. Zero. Hope that answers your question. Liberals aren't crying about Trump running. They're happy. Geez, wake up, Republicans. This is why you keep losing. You just don't understand Democrats. Then start investigations. I want them finished with charges and arrests. People, be careful about this stuff. Recrimination. Vengeance. I know this is on the hearts of a lot of people. Yeah, Foghorn Leghorn comment was funny. I guess a conservative governor in a well-run state with low taxes and crime doesn't meet conservative standards anymore. We're laughing at all you purple and blue states. Praying the South Carolina secret stays here in South Carolina. I mean, folks, this is a state that is hardly an example of conservatism. Let's be honest. Just, I'm not picking on my friends south of the border. But I've been watching things like gas tax, example, and just the nature of leadership and the people that are being sent to Congress. Like Lindsey Graham. What in the hell is he doing there? The man's not a conservative. By the way, I am curious. I have not looked lately. What is Lindsey Graham's liberty score? Well, let's find out in short order. (laughs) Boy, there's a shock. Anybody want to guess what the liberty score is? I mean, this this is pathetic. And, And I, yes, I'm getting on your case, South Carolina. You can do better than this. Lindsey Graham has a 43. A freaking 43. I mean, I I just don't... Well, I do understand it. I know about the issues, with the open primaries, things like that. I get it. But again, what's being done about this? By the way, Tim Scott, he's got a 77. That's one of the higher scores, folks. In the U.S. Senate. It really is. That's a C. A high C. (laughs) It's an improvement over Lindsay. (laughs) I'll give you that. (laughs) So Mitch McConnell has won re-election as the Senate GOP leader, too. My goodness. Ten defectors vote for Rick Scott. Just ten. Mitch McConnell got 37 yes votes, 10 votes against, one senator voting present. This is the first time he's received a no vote as leader. This is a sign the Republican Party has started to turn against his establishment agenda. McConnell telling reporters, I don't own this job. Anybody who wants to run for it can feel free to do so. So I'm not in any way offended by having an opponent or having a few votes in opposition. You know when he was elected GOP leader? 2006. 16 years. He will likely become the longest serving Senate party leader in history. 
God help us. It's kind of interesting. Breitbart pointing out under his leadership, the nation has struggled. The national debt has increased more than 20 trillion. Illegal immigration persisted. Real wages for American workers remain stagnant. Obamacare enacted in 2010. Big banks bailed out in 2008. Social media companies silenced individuals without repercussions. Dr. Anthony Fauci remains unaccountable for allegedly twice lying to Congress. 7% of voters view McConnell favorably. 7 freaking percent. You think this ought to mean something. 81% view him unfavorably. McConnell's re-election challenged by Rick Scott from Florida who argued against the status quo for a plan to advance conservative principles. There's a novel idea. His challenge gains considerable report considering McConnell holds significant power over the conference. Scott said, despite what the armchair quarterbacks on TV will tell you, there's no one person responsible for our party's performance across the country. Scott blamed McConnell for the midterm election failures. If you simply want to stick with the status quo, don't vote for me. After Scott announced his bid, McConnell appeared unfazed. I have the votes. I will be elected. See the arrogance of this old coot. It just, it, it's sickening. It really is. It's nauseating. So now on the leadership team, we continue with John Thune as minority whip, John Barrasso as conference chair, Joni Ernst, as Republican Policy Committee Chair, Stephen Daines, NRSC Chair, Shelley Moore, Capito as the Conference Vice Chair. I mean, folks, you, you this is so nauseating just to see the regurgitation of the same people who failed us already. Congratulations. We are back on the broadcast. By the way, we're standing by for the Nancy Pelosi News Conference. If it should happen for the end of this broadcast, we'll try to go to that. have a couple of calls on this issue with Josh's produce. It will be kind of interesting to get uh, some thoughts on this, beginning with uh, Ralph out of Cornelius. Uh, good morning, Ralph, and welcome to the broadcast. Good morning, Vince, and everything. Yeah, I, you know what? I it's, it's a mind-boggling that they can't come up with a grandfather clause for a guy that's been there 30 years, vote on it in two minutes, and settle the issue. I mean, it's it's hypocrisy at its best. You know, it's it's. I assume you've been a customer. I've been by there and everything. I mean, I, I live on the other side of the lake. I live actually over in Lincoln County, uh, just right across the river at the McGuire. But, uh, yeah, I've been up there, been by it and stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's, it's ludicrous, you know, as far as it's just the way government o- operates. It's, it's just like a, a deadlock of, uh, you know, paperwork and, 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 and BS, basically, BS. <laughs> I hear you. Um, we uh, hey, see one, this. One side note for people and everything. You know, I, I like Ron DeSantis, and I'm an independent, 
and I voted for Trump twice, but for all these people that are on fixed incomes, why can't the conservatives come together on whoever the nominee is and, and help try to defeat this liberal agenda? Because you, you've got all these, I, I'm out here working 65 hours a week, I have a small business. You've got all these people on fixed income, Social Security and stuff like that. Those are the ones that hurt, the people that stay at home and the uh, libertarians that, that don't vote. And they say, oh, I'm just not going to participate. It frustrates me so bad and everything because, you know, they're hurting these people that, that are depend on fixed incomes. I hear you. Uh, the people who can least afford it uh, certainly paying the price. I very much appreciate your call there, Ralph. Uh, let's go to another call here in Charlotte. Also like to talk about this Josh's Produce issue. Uh, good morning. Welcome. Yeah, Vince. I've uh, been in Charlotte all my life, but my folks had a retirement home up here in Mooresville. They're gone now. I've moved up here, and Josh's had been there, I think, in either the parents' or the grandparents' little modest 1950s brick, brick cottage front on Williamson Road with giant willow oaks in the front yard. He put up canopy-type awnings out there, and that's where his little shop evolved. He started selling cantaloupes and watermelons, so the story goes that I've gotten, when he was a teenager there on Williamson Road in that front yard. And it evolved over 30 years where he was carrying meats, milk, uh, local fresh vegetables, and so forth. And just a neat little place. It, no way in the world some kind of teeter or Publix or somebody like that could duplicate it. You could never duplicate it any other way. And now they've obliterated it. <laughs> but but what they've done, Vince, is they've made uh, accommodation to put up some more law offices, doctor's offices, and banks right where he was there in a little 50s brick cottage operating out of his front yard. So those people that have plenty of money, banks, lawyers, doctors, and the Walmarts and Costcos and those kind of people of the world, they've got all the space and all the ingress and egress traffic flow, and, of course, billions of dollars are behind them. If you're a small retailer, you just want to market something out of the truck or your, uh, back of your truck in the summertime, vegetables, let's say, good luck, good luck doing it in this here America or 30 miles away from Charlotte even. Good luck trying to do it. I, I hear you, Jim. I, and in the I, very least, it has the appearance of impropriety, doesn't it? Well, what, what it is, Vince, if, if you've got billions of dollars behind you, and that's what modern America is anymore. You come Mooresville has become a bedroom community, much like those communities around Atlanta, 30 miles out, and that's what's happening around Charlotte now. Of course, we've got Lake Norman up here, too, and that results in a lot of permanent residents moving here from all over the United States. But they're just bringing those same things with them. We've got plenty of Costco's, um, Sam's. Yep. We've yep. got all those billion-dollar organizations. More than we could ever want. <laughs> There's no question about that, Jim. Hey, I very much appreciate your call. Uh, do I hear correctly this news conference is underway? If it is, we want to try to to go to that um apparently it's it's not happening yet um we're going to stay on top of this story because that's the other thing that is going on this morning nancy pelosi expected to address her plans with colleagues in the wake of democrats narrowly losing control of the house
So the question is, is she going to seek another term as Democratic leader? Is she going to step aside? I think she step aside. She will step aside. That's my opinion. But I could be wrong, especially with what has happened to her husband. I mean, think about it. This woman is way up there. What, 82 years old? And you know what I've had to say about this? And no, I'm not picking on her because she's a woman. I've said the same thing about the old men. You reach a point where it's time to go home. It really is. Time to go home. And pass things on to a newer generation, younger generation. But there are people literally going to have to be run out. I mean, that's really what's going to have to happen with these folks. They're going to have to be run out. Top to bottom. State government, local government, national government. Time to clean house. (laughs) We've got other calls we'll get to as we continue in hour number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, an independent voice for liberty, an oasis of sanity and civility, a breath of fresh air. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. So we're hearing Nancy Pelosi is expected to address the media at 12 noon, of course, after this program is over with. This texter, Jake, says Nancy should spend her remaining time on Earth getting right with God. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my goodness. Vince, how do you get something done with the same do-nothing people? You know the answer to that. You don't. What's the problem with Josh's produce? Is he registered with the wrong political party? Who knows? Vince, does this mean Rick Scott will get no money from Mitch McConnell for his district or re-election for going against Mitch? Or does it mean those that voted for Rick won't get any money? Politicians can be vengeful. Oh, yes, they can. Vince, in order for Trump to have any chance of retaking the White House, he has to expand his base. When listening to Trump's speech, all I heard was the same old playbook. No new, fresh, positive vision for America. And to assume that 99% of the voters that voted for Trump in 2020 will automatically vote for him again, that's patently false. Yep, he's got an uphill battle. No question about that. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. If I have time, I want to talk about not just the issue, the Trump issue, but beyond this, my concern about the future, I, I'm telling you, folks, uh, the conversations I'm having with some of these younger people, oh, my goodness, it's scary. It's really scary how deeply resentful a lot of these young people are toward the Republican Party. They are so terribly misinformed. I mean, to say they're ignorant, that's really a kind way to put it. It really is. And I've got to tell you again, it's not my job to inform everybody. I can't. There's a whole lot of heavy lifting that's going to have to be done by a number of people to change this image. And there are certain people in this party that certainly do not help. You know, I don't mind saying this. Making racist comments, connecting people to China, that doesn't help. It just doesn't. This is what's called an unforced error. I mean, you do this kind of stupid stuff, it just 
makes it more difficult for everybody else, for the same people, for the same people who want to reach as many people as possible. Because I do think a lot of these people are reachable and they're winnable. But you're not going to do it by being an ass. And this is the problem. There are too many people out there who think this is the way forward. Well, we're not politically correct. Well, that's wonderful. This, again, false binary choices. On one end, we've got people who are too eager to create safe spaces for people. At the end of the spectrum, we have people who just don't care and just want to come in like a bull in a china shop. you got to find that medium. Hold to your principles, your values, and communicate those in a civil way. It's really that simple. I will take a few calls here, beginning in the sprawling metropolis of Statesville. And Steve, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Steve. Good morning, Vince. Uh, I wanted to uh, talk about Josh and Josh's produce. Uh, you know, he he doesn't offer anything that you can't get a million other places. What he does offer is superior customer service. He will do anything for anybody. He'll bend over backwards. If he doesn't have it, he'll try to get it. Uh, I've heard of him going in setting up people's Christmas trees in their home. <laughs> I mean, you're just not going to find that anywhere else. Yep, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I mean, it's really kind of a a trip back to yesteryear, isn't it, Steve? Oh, oh, very definitely. This is uh, uh, the kind I'd of much rather give him my money than name your grocery store or whatever. Yep, um, I fully understand where you're coming from, and and you know that this world we live in is rapidly changed, and so much of what has spoken has been M O N E Y. You know how that works. Indian land and Rob. Good morning, Rob. Hey, Vince. What a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you very much. Pleasure's all mine. You know, you really, uh, you know, your previous caller here that uh, I love Trump. I voted for Trump uh, on two separate occasions. Uh, you know, he was hired to do something. He was rhinoceros in a china shop. He was hired to break things and smash things, and he did a great job. Unfortunately, uh, 75 million people don't trump 92 million people. That's what it comes down to. And I'm a Republican that will always go to the polls. And, uh, you know, dare I say it, I'm an old school uh, Republican. I will vote for whoever the candidate is. However, that will not win us the White House the next time going around. We have to have a, uh, you know, a candidate uh, who can cross party lines, as you have so uh, you know, uh, wonderfully uh, uh, you know, elucidated, and who appeal to other people outside the venue of, of Republicans, and that is not Trump. And I don't want you. Know, I'm I'm a MAGA believer. Believe me, I've been there, done that. I'm I'm not, you know, uh, you know, dumping on Trump, but he's not the guy to carry us over the over the finish line. Uh, and you know, we, we need some new blood, like you said, and uh, you know, we need somebody that can take us there. And that's not Trump. And, you know, it hurts me to have to say that. But I want to win, Vince. I'm with I you. I want to win. Rob, I'm with you. For our country. Yeah, it's too much at stake to uh, to just have the foolish idea. This is part of what concerns me, Rob. Have you heard people say that they believe tr- nobody, nobody could trump 
nobody but Trump can do it. We're a country of, what, 350 million people. And, I mean, do you understand that at all, right? Why, no. why people would believe such a thing? No. I don't understand it, Vince. And, that, and, and, and it's sad that some people are so fixated, you know, on doctrinal uh, 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 things that they can't see past what's good see, for our country. This isn't doctrinal. This is entirely personality, Rob. That's what it is. You, you're not. You're not. You're not getting rid of any of your convictions, and I don't blame you. You just want a different messenger. That's all, I Rob. I will not vote for Trump in the uh, in the know, primary. In, in, I will not vote for Trump. You know, in any of the you know of of the run ups to the general election. Yep. DeSantis is my guy right now. Unless something you know is uncovered about him, I like him. I I will not vote for Trump coming or you know coming up in this you know well, in any primaries. You've certainly made that. Guy, he's not the guy to take us over the line, Vince. And I want to thank you very much for letting me come on your show. Thank you Rob, very much, Rob. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Do call again sometime. We're going to quickly go out to Jack. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, get this in here. You got less than a minute, Jack. What are your thoughts here? Hey, just, just real quick, Ben. I heard earlier uh, this morning when you said uh, we need to pray about it, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm totally convinced that God doesn't get involved in politics anymore. So this is a change of uh, opinion? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. After these, <laughs> last after these last few elections, man, I mean, I, don't, I think God's taking his hand off of it. It's up to us. And I think politics is one of the things that he just doesn't get involved with anymore. It's, that's it's totally up to us. That's kind of interesting perspective there. Uh, Jack, it's kind of a uh, clockmaker perspective on this. Uh, this is the view a lot of people have, that God kind of put things in motion. And what happens from there, it's up to us. Uh, kind of interesting perspective. Stay with us. Over on the text line, I believe Trump's time is up. I did not vote for him in the first primary, but did vote for him in both general elections. I had my fears in the primaries. They all came true in the end. This guy's a self-centered ass. I did like his policies, but not him. Jeff said something that was stirring in my head with that last phone call. Jeff, you get the prize for today. Your last caller nailed it. I'm trying to persuade people who are still riding the Trump train to think long game. We have to treat Trump like Moses, who is not allowed to lead the Hebrews into the promised land due to his shortcomings. We need a Joshua. Time to pass the torch. Jeff, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Alan out of Spartanburg Vince, according to Jack, God's no longer sovereign in the affairs of men. No, God's working behind the scenes in ways that we will marvel at when he reveals it all. Yeah, it will all make sense then. It's, if I dare use that phrase, by and by. <laughs> I know it drives me up the wall, but it's really true. By and by. We're going to find out in some of these mysteries that have occurred you know i and, the, and and i add this kind of parenthetically this is unrelated but it, it is related in a way 
about the sovereignty of God and things we just don't understand on this side of eternity. I was listening to the music of a favorite artist, and when uh, what is the name of that um, Shazam? That very important app that I use all the time. And when I Shazam the song, it brought up the artist. And I saw the artist, and I saw the artist was wearing sunglasses. I thought, okay, curious about this person. I did a search. Turns out he and his twin brother, blind as a result of being born prematurely. And being an incubator at the time apparently they did not correctly understand that there needed to be eye protection for babies and incubators so he and his twin brother both blind it's just one of those things that I don't know I've just been very sensitive to this and and I'm just telling you where I am the last few years it's the kind of just mystery that, you know, it saddens me. And yet at the same time, uh, these folks, and by all descriptions, this particular artist, you know, I, I don't see an ounce of pity or sorrow or mourning or self, self-pity. self I, I just see people just plugging away. I don't know. But it's just one of those mysteries and questions that... You know, we uh, will come to understand someday. What do you think? What else do we have? How about old Madison Cawthorn? Oh, my goodness. What a train wreck. A couple of stories on Madison. The Asheville Citizen Times reporting. He's already vacated his offices before the end of the term. And calls from constituents are going unanswered. I actually knew someone who worked for him. It's probably a good idea to reach out and find out what's going on. But this story is he's apparently vacated his Washington and district offices nearly two months before the end of his term. Cawthorn's Washington office no longer had his name posted outside and had been cleaned out. A call to the office reached a voicemail system inviting 11th district constituents to leave a message saying a staff member would call them back in Hendersonville. I know some of you within the sound of my voice leave there. The district office with Cawthorn's name and the house seal on the door and window was dark and locked. Rooms were empty of furniture and cleaning products could be seen on a counter. Calls to the Hendersonville and other district offices reached voicemail or were disconnected. A message on the voicemail said the congressman was no longer accepting new requests for assistance due to our office beginning to close for the term. As you know, Mr. Cawthorn, 27 years old, failed to earn another two-year term after losing the spring primary to Chuck Edwards, a fellow Henderson County Republican, Edwards beat Democrat Jasmine Beach Ferrara in the November 8th general election and will become the new 11th District Member of Congress, but not until January 3rd. Now, Mr. Cawthorn still registered to vote in Florida, in North Carolina, I should say. And this is the companion story. It's an intriguing companion story. 
reported by Fox News. Defeated Representative Madison Cawthorn picks up new million-dollar home in Florida. He was last spotted attending Donald Trump's 2024 announcement speech in Mar-a-Lago. So he's purchased this home in Florida for more than a million dollars in an apparent departure from his home state of North Carolina. The new home, 2,281 square foot home in Cape Coral, Florida. 1.1 million dollars. Three bedrooms, a pool, and a spa, according to Realtor.com. So there you go. Goodbye, Madison. Um, I, I don't really know what to say about this. This is... Um, it's really, well, I do know what to say. It's disgusting on several levels. It's really unfortunate. But hey, I I think we pretty much saw where this was going for quite some time, didn't we? I love Vince's show. Just trashes Republicans constantly. Interesting new direction, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trashing Republicans. Is that how you see this? Trashing Republicans? Uh, you know what I trash? I trash trash. Nonsense from people who call themselves Republicans. Who frankly make all of us who call ourselves conservatives, liberty-minded people look bad. If that's offensive... There are plenty of other places where you can listen to people rah, 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 Republican this and that. Oh, Mitch McConnell's wonderful. I don't know if you're going to hear that anywhere. Isn't it great? Kevin McCarthy's going to be the House Speaker. Praise God. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Vince looks like Cawthorn's planning to work on President Trump's campaign. Uh, Never know. Uh, This person asking, where did he get that money? I do believe, if I understand correctly, the money came from a lawsuit. And um, that was my understanding. So the money predates the time in Congress. This isn't one of those things where he's become a lobbyist and he's making a fortune. Although that might very well still happen. You just never know. This texture says, I know what to say about Madison Cawthorn. Good riddance. Okay. <laughs> Much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. We're back on the broadcast over on the text line. Vince, we love to complain about old goats like Mitch McConnell needs to step aside for the good of the party. Kind of sounds like another political figure we know. (laughs) Okay. All right, Vince. That is a terrible look for Madison Cawthorn. Basically, his detractors were proven right. This will hurt him in any future political endeavors. He should have just finished out his term graciously. Prayers that he can get his heart and mind right. I'm not saying this as a Chuck Edwards fan either. Do better, sir. From Jeff. Yes. I think some of your listeners need to have their ears cleaned or get more educated. (laughs) This is a person who's definitely been listening to me a while. (laughs) Seems some of them are listening to a different show than I am. 
You're busting on people's bad character, not the party. Ah, yeah. Brilliant you are. There's nothing wrong with the party platform. The problem is we have a bunch of people who don't believe in it and don't vote for it, which is why you have a 40 for Liberty score, because you don't believe in the things you're saying out in the campaign trail. Who needs people like that? Who needs them? Um, I want you to understand. Well, I don't need to give any disclaimer on anything. Interview that was conducted by, I believe, the Associated Press with Mike Pence. Boy, this is really exciting stuff. First, I want to get this part out of the way. Mike Pence makes it very clear there needs to be accountability for the people involved in January 6th. Listen up. Well, I believe everyone that rioted at the Capitol needs to be held to the strictest account of the law. I said it that day, and it continues to be my position. I'll never forget uh, the simmering indignation that I felt that day, seeing those sights uh, on the cell phones as we, as we gathered in the loading dock below the Senate chamber. I couldn't help but think, not this, not here, not in America. That tragic day in January will, uh, will always be a day of uh, great sadness for me. Um, and I do believe that when I saw that tweet come across uh, that criticized me directly at a time that a riot was raging in the Capitol hallways, that uh, the president's words were reckless. Um, and they endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol building. But quite frankly, Jill, I didn't have time for it. And the president had decided to be a part of the problem. I was determined to be a part of the solution. All right. <laughs> I have some real definite comments about this. I'll get to it a bit. Uh, this is the uh, next thing he talks about is the announcement from former President Trump that he's going to run again in 2024. Listen up. Uh, I had a speech at the Lincoln Center here in New York City, and uh, uh, but I caught clips of it. And uh, you know, the president has every right uh, to stand for election again. And but I really do believe, as I've traveled around this country over the last two years, that in the wake of the failed policies of the Biden administration, that the American people long to go back to the successful policies of the Trump-Pence administration. But, Jill, I have a genuine sense that uh, the American people are looking uh, for new leadership that could unite our country around our highest ideals, that, that, that would reflect the respect and civility the American people show to one another every day while still advancing uh, the policies that we advanced during those years of service. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I think I'm kind of letting you know what I think. I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm honestly not trying to dig at Mike Pence. I'm really not. Um, this is the comment on the midterms, 2022 midterms, and how they turned out. Obviously, a big disappointment. Here again, Mike Pence. Uh, I like to say a win is a win. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a lot more Republicans elected to the House of Representatives, but I, uh, I, I celebrate. Um, the election of a new Republican majority, and I think the day that Nancy Pelosi hands the Speaker's gavel uh, to Speaker 
Kevin McCarthy will be a great day, not just for Republicans, uh, but for the country. It wasn't quite the red wave that we all had hoped for. Um, uh, I certainly would have liked to see us win a majority in the Senate. But my conclusion looking at the results is the candidates that were focused on the future, focused on the challenges the American people are facing today and the solutions to those challenges, did quite well. But candidates, by contrast, that were focused on the past, particularly those that were, that were trying to relitigate the last election, did not do as well. And, and so I, I believe a, a message coming out of the midterm elections is that the American people want change, um, but that the Republican Party, to meet this moment, needs to be seen as the party of the future. I'm all for that. All for that. And I'm just going to be honest. I think... Mike Pence is part of that past. I really do. In any case, here's what he had to say about the future, about Donald Trump and potentially his own future. Listen up. Do you believe then that he is fit to be president again? I think that's a question for the American people. But you, do you think that man should be back in the Oval Office? I think we will have better choices in 2024. And I'm very confident that Republican primary voters will choose wisely. So just in two or three words, if I ask you, are you running for president in 2024? I'll keep you posted. Oh, my gosh. My goodness. I'm serious. I was talking with a friend of mine about this this morning. Um, you know, nice guy. I have a friend who worked for him as a speechwriter, has the, the uh, very high praise for him and his character. But, oh, goodness. This texture in the upstate says, wake up, Vince. LOL. <laughs> Pence is a boring, overdramatic, and I can't use the word on the air that he called him. Saw a news feed that said the FBI has embedded agents in the crowd January 6th. They were there to promote a January 6th bogus event. Another conspiracy. That's all we need. Vince, have you ever felt simmering indignation like Mike Pence? Exactly. Does he have any emotion? I mean, there's no passion there, folks. It's just flat, flat lining. God help us. Nice guy, but uh, no, 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 and no. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.